Friends, thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you to Fran. Thank you to all the team at St. Swithin's. Uh, it's really great to be with you. First time streaming on Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. It's good to be here. Um, I've been ordained for nine years. Uh, I am a lecturer, as Fran mentioned, in St. Melitus College, but also I am a, a parish priest in the Blackdown Hills alongside uh, that as well. And we have more sheep than people uh, in many of our parishes, uh, which is glorious, wonderful little places. Um, now, when I say to people I teach uh, theology, churches often get quite nervous. Uh, I was told before I went to Moreland's College, where I did my first degree as a firebrand 18-year-old, uh, that theology would ruin my faith. Uh, it was a calling to disaster uh, or a dried out concentration uh, about long words that don't matter. Too much head, not enough heart. And what I was told is people need, what they need is change. Change that makes a real difference to real life. What we need is to fill our churches, to change our communities, or here in the countryside, what we say is, what we need is more vicars, um, which is more common. Now that's all very good. It's all fine, all noble items. But brothers and sisters, my question this morning is, as churches, what are we actually here for? What is all this stuff about? The majestic buildings were only just allowed back into. Massive diocesan structures, PCC meetings, safeguarding, pet services, community cafes, food banks, all these things are fine. They carry, the buildings carry our heritage, diocesan structures do something. Uh, you know, PCC meetings, they keep their leaders accountable, safeguarding protects the vulnerable, pet services welcome people in, cafes and food banks feed the hungry. But why? Do we want to keep these things going? Why? What's the point? You know, I had a bishop, uh, I'd forgotten I was going to be on Facebook Live, but I had a very senior bishop tell me before uh, that ministers don't need to know how their Bible came together. What they need is stuff that's going to keep them going in ministry. As though keeping this whole juggernaut of buildings and PCCs and all the rest of the stuff going is the point. Just keeping going is the point. But if I may be so bold, nearly a lot of what we do, I, I almost want to say everything we do in church is pointless. So what is the point in this stuff? And here we turn to St. Paul. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We're looking today at Ephesians 1.17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. To know the Lord. To know the Lord. Brothers and sisters, Facebook land, that's the point. That's the goal. That's why we were made. This is what all of the creation is about. This is what God himself is about. Do you see how the Trinity works in this passage? You see, we have the Father we know by the coming of Jesus, who's known by the gift of the Spirit. It's a circular, progressive knowledge. And it's the Spirit who leads us to the Father through the Son. The Spirit the one who's sent by the Father and His Son draws us in the Son to the presence of the Father. If that boggles your mind, it's supposed to. How wonderful it is to be drawn into that life of God, that rich inheritance of the gospel, that the work of God in Jesus is to adopt us, even us, as His children, 
to bring us into the presence of the Father, that we might know him more and more. This is the goal of our life. This is why we were made. This is why you wake every morning, to know him better, to join in the praising dance, the dignity of the Trinity as it moves throughout all creation. And I tell you, the end result will not be more services. It'll be less Zoom, praise the Lord. It will not, the end result won't be more filled coffers and coffees. In the end, God. In the end, God. And I fear sometimes, uh, friends, that sometimes the one forgotten by the church, and I don't know since with and so I'm not judging you here, I some, feel sometimes someone that the one forgotten by the church is the one for whom we were made. We aren't social services. We aren't Starbucks. We aren't pets at home. Whenever we do half of these things, we do them often in poor imitation. But what we are is the church, those people of God called out by the wonderful movements of the Lord to bring us home, uh, to bring others into his praise. As a church, all we have is Christ. That's who we have. That's who we follow. And we have that glorious inheritance bought by that sweet, precious blood on the cross that raised to new life in the power of the Spirit. We, even us, those who were far off and unknown, those dirty Gentiles who clung to our idols, are brought close because of the choosing of his grace. And this is our wisdom. This is our message. This is our identity. This is our power to know the Lord. And if I may, this is theology to speak of God. If you read Augustine, sorry, Fran's not in my doctrine lectures anymore, but if you read Augustine, you'll find he switches between praise, prayer, and argument within like two sentences. And you say, well, which bit is theology? What's the boring bit I'm supposed to remember from my exam? He doesn't mix it up. He doesn't, he doesn't delineate it. It's just all mixed up. It's like trying to say, where's the jumper when you unravel all the threads from it? It's all theology as we speak of this God. And as we speak of this God, as we get to know him more and more, this knowledge is necessarily personal. It's personal because of who he is. That is, we don't worship the universe or fate or some unknown judge. Instead, we know the Father who's revealed in Jesus, shown to us through the Holy Spirit inspired words. You see, we have strange ideas about knowledge in the West. We talk about ourselves and our minds as though they can be filled up with bits of information, like uh, things like brains in a jar, like experiences are sort of accumulated and then dropped into a, you know, a receptacle. You know, you just drop bits of knowledge in and eventually it gets filled up in some kind of way. But in truth, knowledge doesn't work that way at all. If I say to you, think of a tree this morning. Think of a tree. You, and you're able to describe it. Well, okay, you might be able to, if you're a biologist of some kind, you'd be able to tell me what the tree is made up of. But your actual knowledge comes from your experience of that tree. It comes from the smell that it makes at night. It comes from the way the bark feels when you run your hand along it. It comes from that fear that you felt when you were climbing up it as a kid. You see, my knowledge of a tree is a composite of all these things. Like a marriage... I know my wife, but not by a collection of facts about her. 
she's like she's got beautiful hazel eyes or rich beautiful hair but by our history together my experience of her now knowledge is personal it's not something separate from the object itself and so with the lord i've beaten you up with some theology this morning but one if you permit me one last point i have not exhausted it uh, the search to know god's wisdom is not the search for novelty to know theology to know god is not the search for novelty you see earlier in the same chapter paul writes praise be to god who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing now if you listen to that carefully i know i said it quickly do you note the completed sense of this phrase he's he has blessed us so we don't seek a second blessing we don't seek a fresh blessing for we've already received there's not more revelation to come we have already received the inexhaustible riches of the grace of god so we continue to return again and again to that wonderful story of christ excavating the word for its bounteous beauty its wisdom you see when I, at the college when i'm interviewing people we often have people with plenty of experience in church who want to apply for a masters without having done undergraduate studies and when i ask them why it's because they want something harder than the bible studies that they've been used to they want something harder than the alpha courses they want something a bit more challenging and deeper but this really misunderstands what we're doing in theology it's not like finding harder bits of maths that you haven't heard of in your primary school instead it's like returning again and again to the original foundations to speak again and again of that wonderful story of redemption wisdom is found in the praise of god who has made himself known in this wondrous gospel so since withens i don't know you and i know you from adam really i don't know the breadth and width of your ministry in bath i don't know your creativity to respond to the call of god in christ but one thing i do know is that you are called above all other things to know the lord to speak of his praises and his glorious gospel so since withens be wise do not forget but join in with the adoration of the angels the roar of the rocks to know this god our god who has offered himself to us let's pray what an inheritance lord you've given us we give you great thanks and praise when we were still far off you drew us near in your son may we not neglect this glorious gospel may we not neglect this call to know you call us in prayer call us in praise lord never let your name be far from our lips fill us lord we pray with more and more of your knowledge as the waters cover the sea in jesus name amen